Interceptions, we are back. We have a reoccurring guest, Kim Bowman, straight out of LA, straight out of Compton. She's got Lauren Sess Money Sesselman in the house. Yes, look at that. What's up, everybody? <laughs> so we uh we just got word that Lauren's actually from Green Bay and is a Packer fan. So she will be enjoying a nice Super Bowl this year. Hopefully. And, uh, Kim. Here is a Seahawks fan. This is news to me. Seahawks. Yep. Definitely. Closest to Vancouver, so God God represent. And the fact that you're from Minnesota and a Packers fan? Yeah, explain that. I love it. I'm on the hot seat right away. I didn't want to tell everybody this. Now everybody's just going to think I'm Oh, oh, they just assumed you were a Vikings fan, so you're lying to them? Oh, oh, God. Lauren, I don't even know if this is a good idea anymore. (laughs) Well, I mean, people probably thought I was, you know, a Minnesotan, but you can probably hear my, uh, my accent. Your accent is very yeah, good. it strong, yeah. Yeah, you got that. Yeah. yeah, let's, uh, let's dive in here, and Lauren, introduce yourself, and then Cam, let's do a reintroduction. Yeah, sounds good. All right, I am Lauren Sesselman. I am from Green Bay, Cheesehead, Wisconsin. And um, I also am a dual citizen of um, Canada um, through my father who's from Newfoundland. And I was a professional soccer player for, gosh, a very long time, about 12 years. And um, now I am doing a lot of mentoring our youth and um, athletes and then a lot of mental health work with them as well. So I'm doing a lot of different things and I'm just excited to be a part of this podcast and talk mental health with you guys. And I am Kim Bowman. I'm from Vancouver, Canada. So Canadian. I live in Los Angeles now though, and I am a sport nutritionist. So I actually met Lauren when I was working with her during uh, my time with Soccer Canada. So that's how I kind of got to know her. Yeah, I played for the Canadian national team. Um, I kind of left that part out. But yeah, I played for the Canadian national team and Kim um, was working alongside us and got the opportunity to play in the Pan American Games where we have a gold medal, um, uh, the 2012 London Olympics where we have a bronze medal and also the 2015 World Cup. So it's been a pretty amazing couple of years and it's been great to have Kim, you know, along for the ride and helping us along along the way and then and now we both ended up in LA we ended up here we really did <laughs> look at that what a small world and so I know. quick side note on myself I actually played soccer until I was about seven I was actually pretty good so uh, oh okay you're one of those okay <laughs> I'm one of those guys I mean I, when I, I say hey oh. let's take it to the field and see yeah. what your skills truly are because you know that's what I get in my dms all the time oh damn Here we <laughs> go. well okay so we will get to the dms by the way that was on my list of things to uh <laughs> but I also Lauren so I was doing some research today okay. I saw you are in a video that has like two million views on YouTube of oh, uh, didn't you it's play, not the music what video is it, is it? Oh, no, I didn't see that. The Black Eyed Peas one, I did not see that one. <laughs> but uh, I saw you were squaring off against some YouTuber and beat his ass pretty handily. Oh, my gosh. This yeah. is the best video ever. Except for <laughs> did, he cut it so he it made it look like he was beating me. Is that the one that you saw? Yeah. Oh, what was it? Oh, yeah. 
damn. So he, so I actually won all the competitions that we did, but he cut it to make himself look good, which is a true man. Yeah. Um, so it's fine. I even wrote to him, I was like, are you going to really tell them what really happened? And he was like, nah, you know, I got to let them show, I got to show them that, you know, I got some skills. He's actually really good. Um, shout out to him. And, um, yeah, I, I like to, uh, I like to take on all the other guys that slide into my DMs. They like to <laughs> say a lot of nasty things. So, uh, well, not like talk a lot. Of talk. Yeah. Talk a lot of talks regarding soccer that came out wrong sorry okay, no, I'll and, um, I'm sure it's both. yeah and so I'm always like you know what because it's like we always get that fight that man and women fight that's about you know that's a whole nother story and so you know I gotta I gotta tell them like it is be like all right you show up 7 p.m let's do this well okay so I like that approach first of all and secondly <laughs> you guys you know you're in LA I feel like uh this might be kind of like a dm headquarters of the country almost i feel like you guys get uh, quite a bit of dms out in la with all these all these let guys me, out there they're a little let me tell you about how would you describe them <laughs> let me tell you about dms and social media in today's world <laughs> let me see it's insane what people feel like they can write to you yeah I feel like people get like a bold confidence because they're not actually speaking it they just like they're they, hiding they're behind hiding. it so they just like will say whatever it's pretty gross to be honest yeah it's 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 pretty pretty nasty the things that you get approached about and it's it leads to a lot of you know topic at hand mental health mm -hmm. you know a lot of things that people there's a lot of bullying and social media there's in the DMs. people got a lot to say yeah. so um yeah yeah it kind of leads into our discussion today yeah, and I mean, I figure if you just, you know, eat a couple kiwis, that'll just create <laughs> all the DMs you do get. I mean, that's... that's right? Is that what we do, Kim? Is I guess so. Just eat some kiwis? What a weird what? fruit to pick. That's like, so of, random. All, of all the fruits to pick, you pick kiwis. So, let me explain myself for you. I'm, I'm a kiwi fanatic, and I've had... Like I, I thought you liked tuna. I love tuna. That's my protein of choice. That is, like, the weirdest combination of food. What, a kiwi tuna sandwich? You can't have that? Actually, that probably might taste good. I would try I've it. Never I'd get into that. it. No. I'm but not. there are a lot of foods that can help you with mental health. But um, definitely that's something that we can start kind of talking about. Yeah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean back. I'm going to let it be the Kim and Lauren show. I know. You, <laughs> you know. We got this. Yeah. You guys, <laughs> we always wanted our own show, so. I know, right? Here we go. So with that being said, um, obviously you guys became friends through, you know, Kim on the nutrition side, Lauren on the sports side. Um, and obviously, you know, as well as anybody, it's very important to optimize nutrition diet because you need to optimize performance. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so in the beginning, Kim, were you verbatim Lauren's dietitian, we'll say, or nutritionist? Yeah. So I was working with the Canadian national women's team during the FIFA world cup. So that was back in 2015. So all my master's work that I was doing was affiliated with Soccer Canada. So I was working with the sports scientists um, and the medical team and the dietitian, and we were doing a lot of research on the team, um, mainly in physiology, but also in nutrition too. So there's a lot of implications that can happen um, with professional athletes and nutrition. Obviously, it plays such a huge role in performance and and I think that's something that's really starting to kind of come to the forefront now with professional athletes is how much nutrition can impact your performance. So 
I think at that time, it was pretty amazing to be involved with, with the team and just kind of see how important it was and, and really kind of be a part of that highly competitive environment. And I also got to meet Lauren, so pretty. I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty guys, of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, we were very fortunate with the national team to kind of have, you know, all the the boxes checked. You know, we had great nutritionists that worked with us. Um, you know, obviously, everyone's body type is different, and everyone needs a certain amount of food. So we had that all mapped out for us, which was very, very nice. And um, and then we just had, you know, right down to our sleep patterns, heat optimization, no matter where we were playing, um, the mental side of it, you know, it was very fortunate to have a sports psychologist that worked with us to help us with the mental part of the game, which is 99% of the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was great, you know, these playing years, I, I had everything under the sun and now you get to life after and things are a little bit different, you know, but at least I, what they have taught me, I've been able to use in my everyday, you know, after sport, and then also start helping and implementing into our, our youth athletes that want to go pro and they want to be at that level someday. Because for me personally, I never had a mentor or anybody to look up to. And so my goal was always after I was done playing was to to be a role model and a mentor and inspire our next generation. And so just like Kim did for us, you know, now I can implement the things that she's taught me, you know, and help our youth. So it's been, it's been pretty cool to be, you know, at, at this, you know, at this level and to play at this level and, and have this type of career so that I can help others now. And so, by the way, so you played, what, which years did you play professionally, Lauren? So I graduated college in 2006, and when I graduated, the WUSA, which was when Mia Hamm was playing that era, had, that just shows you how old I am, um, just had gone under. So after that, um, I still had a love for soccer, but I was doing, I was selling um, good old uh, software and hardware uh, for IBM, and then I'm like, no, I want to play soccer, and then I started I think the league came back in 2009 it was is when we got drafted so we went through the whole draft process and and then I just retired in gosh 2017. Okay okay so 2017 so my question and why I asked that well and this may not pertain because that really was not that long ago but it seems like every decade in pro sports um, there's more of a focus on what you can do off the field to optimize performance. Because now we see, for example, I'm a big LeBron guy. He just won in LA. Uh, He is, you know, thought to be very focused on diet and preserving his body and doing all these extracurricular things as opposed to somebody like Michael Jordan back in the 90s. Yeah. Um, They probably didn't care as much. Do you think that there's an, you know, an emphasized focus that gets stronger with each, every? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's just the nature of like the research and science and and everything that, you know, people like him and everyone else are learning, that they're just learning more and more about the the human body and what it's capable of. And mm-hmm. our, us ourselves as athletes, we're learning and with surrounding ourselves with the people that we're surrounding ourselves with are teaching us this. You know, I've talked to a lot of like high level athletes from back in the day, and they don't do half the stuff that we do now. But also you have to understand, like, things are a lot different now because you have LeBron who has access to pretty much everything. So he's very fortunate to get that kind of a female athlete isn't as fortunate to get a lot of those kind of things. So there's a lot of things that I like to teach my athletes. And I know Kim has talked to Mm -hmm. athletes 
that they can do without having a lot of money or something like that. So, but the emphasis around recovery, the mental part of it is a huge part that mm -hmm. nobody ever talked about back in the day. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. that's one of the main things. Um, the nutrition is, is a huge emphasis, but the sleep patterns, sleep patterns but yeah. just really taking care of your body as a whole has, has so much more emphasized. I mean, I think LeBron spends like half a mil on recovery. Um, what is what I read, which is pretty impressive. And yeah. I wish, I, I think that my longevity of myself and my career probably would have been a lot longer if I would have been able to have that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. we were fortunate to have a lot of things with the national team, but then when you're in the club environment, mm -hmm. it's not as fortunate. Yeah. And I think athletes are just becoming a lot more aware of how yeah. important nutrition and mental health is. Um, I remember when I was at Ohio State and I was competing, we had like a dietitian come in at one, one time and talk to us. And that was back in 2009. So I think now, like even at the pro level, there's just been such a huge um, transition in terms of nutrition and mental health and taking care of yourself off the field or mm -hmm. off the court, right? So it's pretty exciting to be involved in. So let me ask you this real quick. Um, with the emphasized, you know, focus around diet and recovery and all of that, I'm going to tie this back to my, my, my beloved Kiwi. Is there foods that we now know are quote unquote superfoods that we didn't know about back then, such as Kiwi and of course, tuna? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's tons of superfoods out there. Any kind of superfood that's very high in antioxidants or, anti, or is going to have anti-inflammatory properties is going to be really, really beneficial. So um, like lots of fruit and veggies are very high in anti antioxidants and are anti-inflammatory. So that's going to help reduce inflammation in your body um, while also providing a ton of vitamins and minerals. So a lot of people don't really realize that how important that is to get a lot of your foods from whole natural sources. Um, today, I think a lot of people now are, are consuming a lot of processed foods. Um, and that's kind of the, the real problem right now is that people are getting those nutrition, nutritional deficiencies and they aren't getting that, um, the vitamins and minerals that they need, especially athletes too, in, in terms of performance at that level, that can really make or break your, your performance. So I think, you know, just getting those superfoods and, and making sure that you're getting them from whole food sources um, is going to be the best for you. I yeah. think another thing to go on top of what she just said is especially speaking to athletes or people who train a lot and work out a lot is making sure you're eating the right amount of food. I, mm -hmm. I have been surrounded by a lot of players where they're not taking enough nutrients in and they're failing on the field. So, and I see, especially you see it a lot in females in general, they're just, they're not getting the right amount of nutrients and eating enough food for their body type. And so I think it's really important to learn about that aspect of it as well, mm -hmm. right, Kim? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I definitely think it's one thing is to really avoid the processed foods. Yeah. Um, and just learning kind of how to prepare a few basic meals, um, especially for athletes. I know that they are under time constraint, but if you can really just teach yourself a few core meals that you're going to have throughout the day, that's really going to benefit you. Um, just home cooked meals that you can have that take 10 to 15 minutes. I think every athlete should know how to make a simple breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And if you can do that, you're really going to optimize your performance. So what are some of the meals that you have quote unquote plugged? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really depends on the sport. So I think if it's, you know, an, a high endurance athlete, 
Um, I think that that's going to be someone they're going to have more of a carb heavy diet. So they're going to want to consume um, more carbohydrates throughout the day. Whereas if you're kind of a resistance um, weight training athlete, I think you're probably going to have want to have more protein. So um, I mean, for me, a standard like healthy breakfast would be just some egg whites and like an egg white scramble with some sweet potatoes. Um, you could also do like an oatmeal. Um, overnight oats is one that I actually really like to recommend to athletes because that's something that you can meal prep ahead. Um, and you don't have to spend a lot of time in the morning, especially if you have early morning practices. Um, and then it's really just about sticking to, again, like really lean proteins and complex carbohydrates that are whole foods, um, staying away from the processed foods and the ultra processed foods. And, and by that, I mean, basically like prepackaged, um, kind of dinners or anything like that's packaged from a store. It's just really about cooking on your own. And, and it really only takes about 10 to 15 minutes if you can just kind of learn the basics of it. Yeah. And I think one thing that I learned from Kim and I'm still learning from Kim is when, when we cook together and stuff like that um, is the different types of oils and things that you put into the food. Like I had no idea about like a sunflower oil and stuff like that. So what for, mm -hmm. for the people listening, what would you recommend to cook yeah. food and these meals in? This is a huge topic. And I think um, it's something that a lot of people aren't aware of, but oils like are a huge deal. And, and there's a lot of um, basically, processed oils that are in pre-packaged food. So chips and popcorn, um, anything bought from a store are gonna have trans fat. And these are really inflammatory oils that aren't super great for you. So that's basically canola oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil. Those are the ones that you want to avoid. But for cooking at home, um, a really good quality avocado oil is really great because it has a high smoke point. Um, so that is one that I always like to recommend. On top of that, olive oil, um, a really good quality coconut oil is really good as well. Um, and then on, aside from that, you can also do like a, a clarified butter or ghee or grass-fed um, butter, which is really good too. So those are kind of my topics. Okay. And, I, and I've heard a lot about grass-fed being very, you know, ideal for not only athletes, but just anybody trying to stay fit and look good and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, here's a question for you. What, what does alcohol do to like muscle recovery? For, we'll, we'll say you work out on a Friday or a Saturday, then you go, you know, have some drinks, whatever happens, happens. I'm gonna let Kim answer this, but I will tell you that- Lauren, did you drink before James? Is that what you're saying? Moderation is key because we, we do enjoy a glass of red wine here and there. We don't overdo it. Yeah. I've never been a huge drinker and I don't think Kim's ever no. really been a huge drinker no. because during playing, I just, it never appealed to me and I didn't want it to affect me in any ways. Mm -hmm. But I will say that like, honestly, everything in moderation, everything but in moderation. I know that Kim can touch on that <gasps> because I don't want to say no, 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 don't have it because then people are going to go out and just like yeah. drink excessively. Like, yeah just have if you're gonna go out and you're with your friends Moderation. like have one well, yeah one yeah. drink and be and be chill like you don't yeah. have to get drunk all no. the time and I think that's something that we both experience too like when we're competing is that really just like it does affect your performance you want to feel good and you and I mean I think everyone has seen those like college athletes that don't care and they kind of just like will go out the night before but truly like it does impact your performance it's 
it's dehydrating. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, that's the real factor there is it does cause a lot of dehydration in your body. It puts your recovery behind so much, um, susceptible to injury and yeah, and it does make you susceptible to injury as well. But I know that if you put in a lot of work or have, have done a really good practice, um, and you go out and you drink excessively, all the training that you would have done that day is basically negligible. So I think definitely um, just moderation, as Lauren said, and, and just being aware of that um, while you're training, for sure. Okay, okay, and that makes sense. And I did not know that it makes you more susceptible to injury. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you're dehydrating yourself. So anytime you're like dehydrating your body, and so Kim can attest to this, like you're going to be more susceptible. And obviously you're probably not as keen into your recovery if you're like going out and drinking and stuff like that. So you, maybe you're not walking through the, the steps of your everyday recovery that you do. Um, and I've seen a lot of people get injured after nights of being drunk. So maybe that's just from my own opinion of seeing people. But I mean, if it's dehydrating your muscles. Yeah, I mean, basically it stems from the fact that if while you're training, you're going through an adaptation period. So I think when you're dehydrating your body, you're not really allowing it to recover efficiently and, and get that adaptation that you need. So you're really delaying that response and your body kind of goes into a mode where it's dealing with the dehydration first before really optimizing that ability to get that physiological adaptation from your training. So the more that you kind of drink or, or put your body in that dehydration period, um, you're really delaying that adaptation response. And, and, and from my own personal, it, just being dehydrated in general, and then going out and playing a 90 minute game can lead to obviously the cramping, the cramping mm -hmm. can lead to a pull, lead to a tear. So that's happened before. And that's just without drinking. Imagine drinking and being dehydrated. So yeah, yeah it's a it's an electrolyte imbalance too. So when you're dehydrated, your body has an electrolyte imbalance. And, and that's what, as Lauren said, causes the cramping um, and can can make you more susceptible to to injury when your muscles are like that. Okay. And so that's why people, you know, who do drink. They bring up the electrolyte thing, and I, I mean, you know, of course not me. I don't. Look, you're you're in Minnesota, you know. I know you like their cervezas. I need some more cervezas. Cervezas in the Minnesota. Yeah. No, it's funny because I see as I get a little older, and this kind of ties into the mental side that we'll get to. Most of my hangovers, God, that was so Minnesotan. Most of my hangovers. Uh, most of my hangovers are more so mental these days. And uh, <laughs> I, I, it's just like the scaries, you know, it's like a concept. And I can feel myself be dehydrated, of course, and I could probably tear something at any time. But I mean, I, I think that's more prevalent these days than the, the physical. Uh, I mean, how old are you? So I'm going on 25. Oh my oh gosh. gosh, I'm 37. So let's, let's throw that out there. So you're you 25 thinking know? you're going to walk down the street, pull something. <laughs> I mean, you're scaring me here. Now I'm scared. Yeah, you, you got some work to do, buddy. Oh, that's not good. This is not good. I mean, I can understand. I think that it stems anxiety a little bit when yeah. you, when you feel like, you know, you're not really productive. Like, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people experience like a full day where they literally are debilitated from hangovers. So I think Think, yeah. especially athletes like if you're thinking about it from that side of things you just got to consider like you know if you're gonna 
really put yourself off for an entire day um, and you're going to do that in the middle of a peak training period, that's probably not the best thing to do. Yeah. 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 But, I would not say that's optimal. <laughs> not optimal. Think about your team and your teammates. Come on, guys. <laughs> Well, and you see um, some of these college athletes before they go pro, some of them are known for like the partying and they almost always fizzle out in the pros. And that mm-hmm. probably has something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I can name a few names right now, but I won't. <laughs> Johnny Manziel? Wait, what? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's exactly who I was thinking of, right? There. See, look, a great minds think alike right there. And you know what? <laughs> he was such a talent, too. It's, it's a shame. And no disrespect to Johnny Manziel, but... <laughs> He'll hear this. You know that, right? He's going to hear this and he's going to DM he's you. Probably gonna hear this. He's probably going to hear this. I'm so sorry, Johnny. I respect you. Well, I mean, that's why the Packers didn't draft him, of course. And worse. <laughs> that's that. why nobody really, well, he did get drafted, but you know. Right. <laughs> and is there, so is there a soccer equivalent to Johnny Manziel? Somebody that, and I feel like soccer, obviously football is very physical, but soccer, you're going constantly. There's no in-between plays when you're huddling up. You're constantly on the go, so you can't really afford that. Yeah, and I mean, soccer is extremely physical. I mean, if you watch the women, more so than the men, I think, are more physical. It's pretty hardcore, but the equivalent of it, uh, I don't know. I mean, you see always in the papers and stuff about people, but um, yeah, I think it's just you think about what you want and how bad you want it, and clearly they're, you know, the things that they want weren't really in perspective, so but yeah didn't have the priority straight had the pri- that's the word i was looking for thank you i appreciate you <laughs> <laughs> i had a blonde moment for a second oh yeah i'm human spell check or word yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so getting into the mental side of it obviously we've covered the physical side and you know the effects and why that's important to optimize optimization that's like the buzzword of this podcast that right? is. optimization love it you drink the water every time you hear optimization <laughs> But so nutrition and mental health, let's, let's tee off on nutrition and mental health. I feel like you guys can take it away from there. Um, yeah, I was actually going to say maybe Lauren, just like go into like a little bit what you experienced when you finished your sport and like kind of how, Yeah, I, I think a lot of athletes just like don't fully like talk about this. So I think just like, I mean, I know I personally experienced it and I wasn't at the level that Lauren was at, but I think in just in terms of what athletes go through once they finish sport um, is pretty hard. So I think just before we kind of like dive into the nutrition side of things, like maybe just like give a little like brief. Yeah. I think the transition period for athletes is, you know, is extremely difficult. And I know that more people are coming to the forefront, really telling their story. Um, and you know their bouts with depression and things of that nature um a lot of people struggle struggle i see a lot more male athletes i think struggle because you know they're and us i mean females struggle as well but we're in different ways and Mm -hmm. so you're you're at this pedestal you're on this pedestal everyone's like "Ah, amazing soccer player blah 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 blah." and then all of a sudden the next day like you're retired and Mm -hmm. okay well what's next you didn't retire with any money because you're a female athlete you didn't really (laughs) prepare I mean you kind of started to prepare but you didn't really think that was going to be the end and then it happens because you never really know when the end is going to happen you 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 can plan it in quotation marks but it never happens that way so you go through this period where it's like, you were so cool and then you're not, you know, but then you realize 
that there's more to you than just sport. Mm -hmm. And I went through a really tough time. Most of it was attributed to the concussions that I got. I found out once I got analyzed at the brain clinic, but Mm -hmm. I went through a really rough depression. I mean, really rough into a, a suicidal moment. And I never really spoke about it too much with, uh, with anybody until probably this past year when I, I did an article about it. And, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of athletes take their lives because of this transition mm-hmm. and then their struggle. They can never figure out what's next and how to get themselves out of, you know, you're in that constant fight every day of trying to be the best, trying to be the best, trying to be the best. And then it's kind of, it's all, it all stops. And then you're like, what do mm-hmm. I do now? What am I good at? Yep. What do I bring to the table? Is anybody going to really care about me anymore? Because mm-hmm. I'm not at that level anymore. Yep. So I went into a deep, deep depression. I was eating terribly. I was eating those processed foods that Kim was talking <laughs> about. I was eating literally. I'm, I'm one of those when I'm an emotional eater, I eat. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people when they get emotional and they go through a hardship that they don't eat. Mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. I was eating everything inside, gained weight. Um, didn't, I was very withdrawn, didn't want to hang out with anybody, was fighting with people. And I am a very happy, easygoing person. And I try not to fight with anybody, but I just found myself not Lauren. And, you know, once I realized what was really happening with me, then I changed, you know, kind of everything around. I was getting on the right supplementation to help with what was going on in my brain. I was eating a lot better. Exercise was my joy. Mm-hmm exercise and getting back into a routine is what really helped me kind of get out of this mess and really surround myself with people who weren't toxic. Surround yourself with a good support system. People who are positive, they're going to lift you up. They're there to have a shoulder to lean on because that's a problem a lot of people don't have in mental health is they, they feel like they can't talk to anybody, but you have to start utilizing the people who show that they care and stop pushing them away. But I think that the exercise and the eating healthy and getting back into my routine that I knew so well is what really, in the supplementation, is what really helped me kind of get out of this dark hole and kind of set my life back on track. You know, now I'm doing the things I want to do and I'm happy, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and that's a lot of things that people don't talk about. So now I'm trying to use my platform to talk about that. And I know Kim can add on to that. But. Yeah. And I think it's really just a sense of, of when you're an athlete and you're at that level, you know, you have so much attention on you and people are kind of always looking to you and, and hyping you up. And then I think when it stops, I know, especially for female athletes that I've talked to you, like, I think you just lose a sense of your identity and you don't really know what makes you kind of a good contributor to the, to the world. And I was really fortunate to have like a, a very strong passion for nutrition and, and really, you know, use that. But I know a lot of, a lot of my friends that I was swimming with definitely went through the same thing that Lauren was talking about. And I think that's something that just doesn't get talked about enough. So I'm really happy that we were able to talk about that. Oh, and I am, I'm, I'm too, and I'm glad that the world's kind of transitioning into um, a more open, you know, mindset in regards to talking about what's going on upstairs, right? Mm -hmm. I think that helps a lot. And like you said, Lauren, nutrition, working out and exercise, and then the positive support system and positive people around you go a long way. But at the same time, I feel like it's so overlooked because it might seem so simple. Because I mean, yeah. the depression you were in, 
that dark spot probably was, I mean, very overwhelming, right? And you probably have a million thoughts in your head, all these negative thoughts, but I'm not saying it's simple or easy at all to get out of that. But I think if people keep in mind more so that nutrition and the food you're eating and what you're putting into your body as fuel and mental fuel goes so far. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think you have to take it upon yourself to be like, look, no more of this. Let's get myself out of this. Let's change our ways, change our habits. You know, as I said, leaning on good people Mm -hmm. that are, will be, have a workout buddy, Mm -hmm. um, kind of an ear to listen to someone you can trust and Mm -hmm. just slowly, it doesn't happen overnight. And that's what people need to know. It does not happen overnight. I still am struggling with certain things, but I can tell you that I'm on the up and up and it's just what you want to make of it. And, you know, so every day I write out my, my, or every week I write out my goals that I'm going to do for the week. Um, you know, I, I meal prep, I've been meal prepping. Um, I work out, I write out my workouts, who I want to train with. Um, I always have my accountability partner, like Kim and I are going to mm-hmm. go for a workout tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think especially during the time of COVID right now, it's, it's really even more important to surround yourself. It's been, a, it, it's been a time to really expose the people who aren't good in your life and a time to really get yeah. closer to the people who are good in your life. And I think that's really important and I hope it resonates with all the people listening here. For sure. No, and I love the uh, the part about kind of writing things out and organizing your week because I found, um, like you, with the COVID era, I mean, things got pretty bleak pretty quick. And there was yeah. a lot of negativity all around you on social media, in the news. Yeah. Everybody's just kind of freaking out. And yeah. I found it to be very helpful to like go back to the, just the basics of even writing like five things you're grateful for for that day. Exactly. I did that the other day. Definitely. Yeah. It definitely puts you in like things in perspective when you can do that. And I think that's really the first, you know, step in moving towards a positive direction with your mental health is just really setting a good perspective and mindset. Um, And it's not going to happen overnight, like Lauren said, but I think it's just taking little steps each day to do things that, you know, are going to benefit you Mm -hmm. mentally and, and taking that initiative. Yeah. And, and look, everyone's different and you have to just find what works for you. It could be a a song that hits, that just hits different for you. And you want to listen to that every day you wake up. If it's yoga, Kim likes yoga. Mm -hmm. She likes to start her day that way. Uh, If it's a meditation, I've been doing a lot. I was never into meditation before. And now I kind of just go for a walk stretch and just kind of breathe. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we forget to breathe because we're so overwhelmed. We're so stressed. We're trying to figure out life right now. A lot of people are having issues in different ways right now. Mm -hmm. Money stresses, um, relationship stresses. You see the divorce rates going up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, are we ever going to have human contact again? Just like yeah. things of that nature. It's a lot more serious than maybe it was like, you know, a year ago. So there's a lot more. So final works for you. I have a playlist that I've been playing every day and I just, I just chill out and mm-hmm. I zen out. And then I'm like, yeah. all right, let's cook a great breakfast. Let's go. Let's get some work done. I, I, I do time batches, so I'll go, because I can't sit on my computer all day, I'll go work for like an hour to get up, move Ooh, around, like yeah, move around, take, because I don't want my life to just focus on work, 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 you've got to make sure you make time for yourself, going on hikes on the weekend, going out and being with your loved ones, um, especially during this time, I think is, is wearing your mask, of course, mm-hmm. um, is, is definitely important, so. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I mean, I'm the same way, actually. And I read a quote um, about, I don't know, three, four months ago. It was talking about morning routine. I, it actually inspired me to do kind of a morning routine pod on here. 
just to mm. talk about, you know, what's working, all that good stuff. And like you said, take note of what makes you feel happy. If it's a song, it's a song. Mm-hmm. If it's zen and out, it's zen and out, breath work, meditation, whatever. But the quote was, uh, start your day with something important to you, but not urgent. So that doesn't mean yeah, in your email and getting bombarded with emails, right? Like you don't want to start your day like that. Yeah. No, you want to start your day positively. So doing something positive for your body, whether that is meditation or yoga or um, cooking yourself a, a healthy, bre- nutritious breakfast too. Like pancakes, <laughs> pancakes make me happy. That's something that I always <laughs> tell people that I work with is the first meal of your day is you want to do something that you know is going to be, you know, setting yourself self up for success. mental success throughout the day and, and providing you with that ability to focus and be productive and, and, you know, that should be something that's, that's a priority for sure. Yes. And I'm going to, so I'm going to open this up to you guys. Um, so obviously pancakes. <laughs> Lauren loves So we would have pancakes, pancakes. before every, every game uh, for the <laughs> national team and the U.S. women's national team does it as well, but they would be like a healthier version, obviously. So we like to make protein pancakes. I approve and, of yeah. I make healthy pancakes. ones, but sometimes I add a chocolate chip or two in there, you know? <laughs> They gotta get the syrup. Gotta get the syrup in the M&M. <laughs> We're gonna make some pumpkins. Pumpkin snickerdoodle pumpkin. cookies tonight. Or we've been doing yeah. healthier alternatives. We're trying. Like, we're on the pumpkin recipes. spice binge right now, where we're like doing healthy pumpkin yeah. spice. Yeah. Baking. So you're not going to Starbucks every morning getting no. extra large pumpkin spice lattes with sugar? <sighs> no, there's like sixty grams of sugar in there. There's a lot I of did sugar not in even realize. Yeah, and that is not the way to start your day because. I can get into a whole lot. But if you want some fall love, there are some healthier pumpkin spice latte recipes that you can find on the internet. I found a good one. So maybe I'll post it on my Instagram so you guys can check it out. Yeah. Sugar, starting your day with refined sugar is basically setting yourself up for uh, a lot of not being productive. (laughs) To put it in short. Um, It's just, you're basically throwing your blood sugars completely off whack. And you're going to cause a whole lot of cravings throughout the day and, and ultimately not be super uh, focused. So Okay, pancakes with a side of <gasps> green smoothie juice. There you go. <laughs> and kiwi and tuna, obviously. And kiwi and tuna I and mean, some egg whites. Yeah. Cool. Corn does make some healthy. Some healthy yeah, meals. I actually love breakfast. Okay. It's my favorite meal of the day. So I eat a lot of breakfast. But other than that, definitely like doing what works for you and creating a routine that is setting yourself up for the day that you know is going to be positive. Like you said, that's key for sure. Right. Because I mean, your reality, you make your own reality. And if you're filling your, you know, your aura with positive things around you, then it's going to reflect back onto you and it's just going to help out. And what I wanted to ask was, is there times where you find yourself kind of getting out of balance with what's healthy for you and what makes you happy? Cause I mean, you know, you see Will Ferrell and Elf, Elf, excuse me. Oh gosh. Putting syrup, <laughs> everything in the kitchen on his pancakes because it makes him happy. <laughs> now he's I mean, as we say, yeah. everything in moderation. I like hot chocolate with lots of marshmallows <laughs> and I like pizza here and there too, but I'm not having it like, all the time you that i mean it makes them happy because sugar truly is an addictive you know it's it's 
has the same properties as a lot of drugs that are addictive drugs. And so I think cutting out refined sugar, I mean, as much as it does make you happy, I think if you can focus on natural sources of sugar, so from fruit um, or like raw organic honey or, or even like a quality maple syrup, like that's something that's, that's a lot better. But any kind of processed sugar is, is definitely the one to avoid um, because it's very addictive and it, it is hard to cut that cycle. Um, once you do start to have a lot of sugar, you'll just get more cravings for it um, because it does release those hormones that kind of activate those reward centers in your brain. So you can fall into a trap with it. <laughs> huh. So what and what what gets released in your brains exactly or in your in your brain <laughs> when when you do eat sugar or something addictive like that? Is there a certain chemical? Yeah, so dopamine, the hormone, so that's our feel-good hormone. That's basically what makes us have that happy feeling. Um, so a lot of people will use it as kind of a stress, uh, cope, a way to cope with stress. So I think that, especially throughout the times right now, is what a lot of people are struggling with. So that's why I do like to say, um, if you're finding yourself going through those like cravings where you're having to have a lot of sugar, just kind of really reset and, and recognize when you might be doing that and just do and try doing something else, whether it's go for a walk, do some exercise, um, whatever works for you, but just kind of catching yourself when you are finding that you're getting those cravings will really benefit you and swapping out those processed foods first for a more natural alternative um, is a go-to as well. Okay. And what is the difference between dopamine and serotonin? The difference between dopamine and serotonin? Well, they're both are like feel good hormones, but serotonin is primarily the one that's actually in our digestive. It gets produced in our digestive tract. Um, but that basically is what causes our brain um, to have good moods or, fo or be focused or be productive. Whereas dopamine is kind of the one that makes us feel really happy. Okay. And is one is, so is dopamine more, ah, what's the word now I need a spell check. Is it a little faker? Is it a little, you know, like more short-term satisfaction as opposed to long-term doing something good for yourself? Dopamine is a short-term release. Yeah. Especially with sugar. Um, you're going to get that peak, that feel good peak, and then it's going to drop, but that has a lot to do with our blood sugar response as well too. So any kind of refined sugar is going to peak blood sugar um, for a short period of time, and then it's going to fall very quickly after having it. Um, you're also going to have that peak in dopamine, and then it's going to fall. So then that's what stimulates that craving cycle where you want not only that feeling of dopamine where you feel really good, um, but also you want that short burst of energy. You want your blood sugars back up. But if you have more of a kind of um, fought something with fiber that's going to basically be more slow um, releasing energy wise, then you're not going to get that really large change in blood sugar. And that's going to be better to have. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. We need a Venn diagram graphic or something for serotonin. <laughs> it can get a little complicated, but yeah. <laughs> and so Lauren, when you're playing soccer, when you were playing soccer, and Kim, when you were swimming, yeah, ever, I swear I've seen on TV like athletes 
with like Swedish fish and like sugary stuff on the bench. Is that oh. a, am I making oh. it? We, we have that after we've come off the bench. So that's like the time when they give us like our sugars. So they give us like a Gatorade, a protein shake, and then we get a small bag of gummy bears or Swedish fish or Skittles. So yes, that is the time when we, that's how they get us, uh, give us our sugars back. So for athletes, actually, I remember doing this when I was, <laughs> when I was with Lauren is we had a little bit of like some candies on the side of the field. And they were they would be allowed to have them, but the thing is, is because they're burning calories so much while they're training that they can actually afford to have that little burst of energy because they're going to utilize that sugar so quickly. Um, it's obviously not the best thing, but for them, it's still like they use it up so fast that it doesn't make a huge impact for for someone that isn't training at that intensity all the time. Um, it's not. It's gonna it's gonna be have more of an impact. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. And so, and we referenced earlier, I think it was Lauren that was um, mentioning body type quite a bit Mm -hmm. in in a nutshell. I know this is a wormhole, but how, how do different body types react to different foods? I know that's a very open-ended question and this could, you know, this could go for 40 minutes now, but what, in short, I guess, what's something to be wary of with one body type compared to another? Wait, what was the question? Sorry, sorry, I missed that question. I missed no, that. Okay. We can cut it out. Um, but so, obviously, we talked a lot about body types in the beginning, and I know there's a ton of different types. Um, I've seen a lot of things just break it down to three basic types. But what what should one body type be wary of compared to another? Like, if you're a thicker build with bigger bones, maybe compared to skin and bones, for the lack of a better term. In terms of just nutrition, well, I think basically when I look at body types, it's more just about, I don't like to basically categorize body types, but it's more about what your goal is. So depending on what a person's goal is and their their starting body composition, um, that's usually what I, I like to look at more so than kind of like a physical approach to body type. Um, but I definitely break it down in terms of like body fat percentage, Um, lean muscle to um, body fat ratio what that is Um, and there's a whole scope of things that you can look at but I think that is most important to assess when when you're actually developing a nutrition program so when you look at soccer players they're going to be a lot different from say swimmers too so you just it kind of comes down to a lot of different factors but that's something that you have to assess um, with the athlete. Okay. Yeah, there are some people that might carry their weight differently. So they could be the same, same weight as me, but they're carrying their weight with either more fat or I have more muscle or vice versa. So when they were basing what we were supposed to eat, it was kind of based off of what the, our goals were personally, like with the dietitian. So like the amount of carbs and sugars and, and fats and everything that we were supposed to be getting on the daily basis. Like it was, it was like right down to the T for us and what our goals we were trying to personally achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause some of us were on a program where we needed to lose a little bit or we needed to gain a little bit more muscle. Cause everyone's so different. Um, and also for position too. Yeah. For so. position. So I was like a, a center back. So I needed to be big and strong. And, um, so also that goes into the weightlifting and the training side of it as well. And everything was to a T there, depending on your 
position and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's very specific and it really breaks down to looking at the macronutrient distribution in terms of total daily caloric intake and you can get really, really like specific, yeah. but I mean, everybody's individual and I think that's why um, nutrition is so individualized yeah. and it's really important to assess, like I said, you know, starting body composition and, and kind of what their goal is, whether they need to gain yeah. more muscle, whether they need to lose a little bit of fat. Um, it really depends on the individual. So I'll put it in just in a quick perspective. For us, we train twice a day. We are probably burning. We would keep track about 3,000 to 3,500 calories a day. Mm -hmm. Now think about how much food I had to eat. I had yeah. to eat so much food that I was like going to be physically ill, I feel, because I had to get that back in. But we were burning that much. That's how much we were working. Yeah. So that's a little perspective for everyone listening. So that's, I mean, 3,000 calories of pancakes. I'm thinking that's like <laughs> 20 pancakes. I don't know. Off the top of yeah. And I think that, I mean, I, that's a struggle too when athletes finish sport is, yeah, you know, I struggled with that. I they go lie. from, you know, training all the time and they can eat, you know, basically whatever they want. They're told what to eat. And then they're kind of like, okay, now what the heck do yeah. I do, right? So it's like, I think that's something that, you know, a lot of athletes don't really get a lot of help with after, but we're starting to work on it more. Yeah. And I was going to bring that up because I mean, I've seen it firsthand of some of my buddies that played college sports. Um, and I wanted to ask that exact question. Is mm -hmm. it easier to gain weight after, you know, retirement because you're used to so many calories going in and then you'd get that calorie, you know, burn that's taken away. And if you, yeah, for right. sure. And I think that, you know, that's, that comes with the fact that nutrition wasn't really talked about in sport. And I think it's coming to light more so now, but I mean, even when I was competing, I don't think that that was something that was really discussed. And I think a lot of people that, I mean, I was studying it, so I knew, but I don't think a lot of people were truly aware of, you know, the effect of certain calories and what they can have on your body. And then, you know, combining that with like stopping your training and kind of losing that sense of identity and, and from the mental health side of things, it really like is pretty tough for a lot of people. So I think just taking the, you know, time to reach out and, and get that support after is very important. No, I, and I agree. And I think, so from my standpoint, nutrition it obviously it really impacts you physically. Like that is, that's the physical fuel you're putting into your body. And I feel sure. like some people as they get older kind of look at that and they're like, damn, like that's, that's kind of depressing. Like I, I can't eat whatever I want anymore. And yeah. what I would think or what I would say to them to counter that is, look, like nutrition and food and the fuel you're putting in, you don't understand how good you can feel mentally and how like stable you can feel from putting in good fuel in your body. Like this is actually, you can turn it into a positive. Like mm -hmm. you don't, like you don't understand chips ahoy. Yeah, it's tasty. It's that short-term <laughs> satisfaction. So you know what I'm getting at? Like, it's there's more to the there's more pieces to the puzzle than just the taste of it. And I think some people maybe just get intimidated by the fact that they have to be a little more disciplined. And yeah, for sure, I think people look at nutrition sometimes and they're like overwhelmed because they see it as you know, oh my gosh, I have to change my whole routine or I have to you know learn all this stuff. But it's so simple, and I think you know, once you find those core meals, 
core snacks that you know that are going to benefit you, you just stick to. And I think once people do that, they really can change their entire life and really, you know, avoid that that weight gain that they might experience after they finish playing or or finish their sport. Yeah, and, and Lauren, how much did that help you specifically? Just getting back to a, a strong, healthy diet. I mean. It, it definitely, as I said before, it definitely helped me just like with mental clarity, focus, just like really achieving my goals. I mean, I still have the pizza with ranch once in a while, you know, because, you know, I'm from Green Bay. Hello. But, you know, I say moderation, but yeah. um, I do, for the most part, eat pretty clean and pretty healthy. And it makes me feel good. My motto is always look good, feel good, play good. Um so oh, yeah. yeah, so that's my that's my motto of doing anything. You know, that was what it was when I was playing soccer and now going into the work world. Um and if I don't live by it, how am I gonna teach these these youth, um, the youth, you know, to live that way and to reach their dreams. So um I always tell myself, you know, inspire inspire these other people that they're inspiring to be like you. So so yeah, if I don't do I gotta walk it and, and talk it. So it's funny it's funny because i was just thinking that i've done so many like nutrition and wellness pods now that i that's like doubling down i have to stay the course i mean i have to like live up to what i'm saying right and look it's it's, you are gonna fall off once in a while and that's okay but just the next day get back on the wagon you know it's not gonna be easy totally um you know i love food i'm a huge foodie so i'm just trying to maybe not eat as much sometimes you know as i said the moderation is key so yeah, that's yep. fine. You can be a foodie. Everybody can still enjoy food. Like Kim. hundred percent. hundred percent. I don't want to be that person that's doing, you can't eat that. You can't eat that. You can't eat that. Like, no. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like restrictions myself. So, and I want to be happy and live life and, and travel the world and try new things. So mm-hmm. I just, be, just be cognizant of it. Mm-hmm. And my three like core principles for nutrition, I think a lot of dietitians and, and practitioners will always say this, but it's really just about quality food, the quantity, and then meal timing. So if yeah. you can really nail those three concepts down, you can really, you know, enjoy foods that you love and, and still be very healthy. So. So now bringing it all together, you guys are teaming up now uh, with Kim's nutrition business, right? Uh, you guys are working together on that from what I hear? Uh, yeah, Lauren's helping me get some some clients and has definitely put the word out there for me and um, has been super supportive with with kind of showcasing the fact that I work with the team and um, yeah, so it's been good. Yeah, and I add the training elements. So down the road, I mean, definitely we want to do some more stuff together, but um, the dynamic duo, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think it's awesome though. And I think for me, like Lauren's always been like a huge mentor to me. And I think that is something that I really, you know, drew my friendship to her is just like how hard she works and she truly does. And I think for that, like, I'm so grateful to be able to work with her and like work on this stuff together. Oh, ditto girl. Yeah. I learned a lot from Kim. She's very smart. So she's been helping me through, through my tough times. So it's it's great to have good friends to lean on. And I think that's important to all you listening is really find a good, a good support system. Yeah. And also just know that everyone's going through a lot right now. And I think just understanding that you're not, it's not just you Mm -hmm. and that 
there's so many resources out there and mental health, you know, companies and organizations that you can access. Yeah. So just knowing that you have that um, can really help. And, you know, I'm always accessible. I think what's great about today, today's athlete, um, it, they're more accessible. And so it's, you can reach out to me if you need someone to talk to. Kim mm-hmm. is very open as well. Like I, I get a lot of messages from people that are just like, Hey, I just needed to get this off my chest. I, I resonated with what you were talking about with your CTEs, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you're, what you're going through. So I just needed to say this and, you know, I think some people just need someone to listen. And for sure. So I think that's what's great about Kim and I is we're yeah. always accessible. We are. No, absolutely. And one thing I like about Bold Perceptions, our podcast, is that we make you guys accessible. And there's always a connect post at the end of episodes in the episode post, um, basically explaining, you know, reach out to me for this or this. We can talk about that. Uh, I like talking about this. And obviously, Kim, you did it. Lauren, you'll have one as well. And I think that's a cool, obviously, social media is a double-edged sword at times. But the positive of that is how accessible as athletes are, like you're saying, Lauren. And it provides mentorship and, you know, a leader to look up to. And obviously, you guys have been through some crazy stuff. So you guys completely get it. Yeah. For sure. So check us out. Check us out. <laughs> check them out. Check them out. And thank, out. You, thank you, Kim and Lauren. Thank you, Kim, for returning. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, for thanks for having me back on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, and thanks to all those that are listening. Yeah, definitely like de- feel free to ask us questions. Um, we're more than happy to answer. If you have any nutrition questions, um, definitely shoot me an email. I'm more than happy to set something up. Yeah. Absolutely. So everybody, wherever you are, whatever country whatever ocean you got a boat on listening to this on whatever you're doing thank you again and i know you guys have friends that would like to hear this so make sure to share it and follow us we are on soundcloud apple spotify all of them and again share with friends and thank you for tuning in